Well, just like last year, the Gonzaga Bulldogs could lose anywhere from one to five starters this offseason. We take an early, early stab at projecting the 2023-2024 lineup and rotation right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zach Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates through another season of Gonzaga basketball. Today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. All right. It is still mid-February, early February. There's still a lot of season left. And then, of course, an extensive offseason before we get to the 2023-2024 season. But as we've seen on a lot of Mailbag Monday questions recently, a lot of conversation, we kind of always always looking ahead, always turning towards the future a little bit. And, and, and with the COVID rules and with the transfer portal the way that it is, it's become a lot more difficult to project what future basketball lineups are going to look like. Case in point this year, Gonzaga's starting lineup could conceivably lose four starters. They could also return four starters. The only player who's not coming back is Rasir Bolton. That is it. That is the only guaranteed player on this roster who is not returning next season. Everybody else could be back. Also, a whole bunch of people could be gone. It's very easy to enter the transfer portal. It's very easy to declare early for the NBA draft. So it's going to be an interesting offseason, just like we saw last year, where we waited till the last possible minute. Rasir Bolton announced he was coming back. Julian Strother announced he was coming back the following day. Drew Timmy waited till the literal final hour before announcing that he was coming back as well. So what I want to do here is the first of what will likely be many, many episodes of the Locked on Zags podcast, making projections on what next year's starting lineup might look like, what the rotation might look like, who's going to stay, who's going to go, who's going to come in, all of that good stuff. So we're going to take a stab at it here today, starting with the starting lineup here in the first segment. We'll take a look at the rotation and the rest of the bench in the second unit. And then uh, in the final segment of the show, we'll take a look at the losses, the gains and what it might mean for next year's roster. We'll start with the big one, drumroll please, the starting center for the Gonzaga Bulldogs 2023-2024 season, in my mind, is not somebody currently on the roster. I think Gonzaga is going to go out and find a transfer to join the starting lineup starting next season. That, of course, means that I am projecting that Drew Timmy is not going to return to Gonzaga for his fifth and final year of eligibility. Uh, It is possible that he does. He has the ability to do so. We know he makes good money through NIL. We know he's not exactly an NBA prospect, so... It's possible he returns. I am operating under the assumption that he is going to declare for the NBA draft, foregoing his eligibility because you cannot declare more than twice for the NBA draft, and that he will then begin his professional basketball playing career, whether in the NBA, the G League, or overseas. This also means that I'm projecting that neither Efton Reed or Ben Gregg start at the center position next season. They absolutely could. They absolutely could. But Gonzaga is very aggressive on the transfer portal. They always have been, and they have had a lot of success finding bigs via the transfer portal. I actually did decide to put names to some of these transfers, so we'll talk about one here. Uh, This 
the transfer portal isn't open, so it's really, really just hypothetical at this point. But uh, the name I threw out here is Aziz Bandaogo. He plays for Utah Valley, same school as Dawes AMAC last year. Dawes put up monster numbers for Utah Valley, ultimately ended up transferring to Texas Tech after being in heavy consideration at Gonzaga. Uh, Bandaogo is averaging 12 points, 11 rebounds, three blocks per game. He's shooting almost 70% on two-pointers this season. He's only 33% from deep, but... If Gonzaga could add a center with that kind of rebounding prowess, that kind of blocks per game, a legitimate rim protector, and a guy who finishes that effectively around the rim, it would be a monster addition for the Bulldogs. Power forward starting for next season, Anton Watson. I think Anton might come back. I think there's a reasonable opportunity for Watson to come back. He's from Spokane. He loves Spokane. This has been his dream to play basketball here for his entire life. He's not necessarily an NBA prospect, but it could make sense for him to come back, have a bit more of a featured role. I don't think he's going to be like the number one option on offense or anything like that, but maybe more of a featured role, maybe showcase a little bit more of the skills that he has uh, and, and maybe try to boost his stock a little bit. I still don't know if he's an NBA player. The outside shot is just not there. And at the end of the day, when you're six, eight and you don't have an outside shot, your NBA hopes are, are fairly limited. Uh, but I do think that there's an, uh, there's a real chance that Watson uses his fifth and final year of eligibility, comes back to Spokane and runs it back again next season. Of course, the other option here, we'll talk about him later is Ben Gregg, who I think if Watson leaves probably steps into a starting role next season. Small forward starting for next year for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. I also have this as a potential transfer. Uh, again, that is with the expectation that Julian Strother is out the door. That is not as much of a guarantee as it was early in the offseason. It looked like uh, last offseason before the season started, it looked like hey, Julian's gone. He's going to come out. He's going to dominate this year. He's going to have a great season. And he's he's been pretty inconsistent this year. And so there's he's fallen on draft boards he's still showing up on some in the second round but there's a real chance that strother does end up returning to spokane for next season if he does not i think that the zags add a transfer starter here uh, the name that i tossed out here is spencer jones at stanford he would be a graduate transfer i think that stanford is potentially going to move on from head coach jared hayes who has been there for a long time and has very very little to show for it for the cardinal uh spencer jones uh, averaging 13 points five boards 1.2 steals 1.1 blocks very good defensive player uh, not a super efficient score he's actually under 50 percent on two pointers this season but he's about a 36 percent three-point shooter so i think an option that could could fit well in gonzaga's starting lineup for potentially one or even two more seasons uh in spokane the other option here and again of course another player we'll talk about later in the show is dusty stromer who i think is going to push very hard to potentially start as a true freshman starting shooting guard Drum roll. Hunter Salas. I think Hunter Salas is going to step into a starting role next year. And I think there's a there's an obvious risk of, of transferring here. I, I think that that's, that's pretty clear based on his playing time, the frustration that fans have felt about not seeing him in late game situations, seeing him come in, play well, and then get benched and not come back into the game for a while. You know, he, he's not playing ahead of Malachi Smith right now. He's not playing ahead of Richard Bolton right now. Malachi Smith could return. He absolutely has that eligibility. I do not think that he will. Rasir Bolton does not have that eligibility, so he is out the door. Uh, that kind of leaves Salas as the potential starter, and I hope that Mark Few and the staff are able to convince him to stay because him stepping into a starting role next season could vault him all the way into the first-round conversation of the NBA draft. He's that good. He's that athletic. If the offense ticks up, if the defense remains elite, and he's playing 28-ish minutes per game next year, I think you're looking at a future NBA player right there. And then the starting point guard, the least kind of surprising, I think, of this group, Nolan Hickman. Uh, but there's not really any reason that this would change. 
And I know there are fans who are frustrated with Nolan Hickman. And I know that there was a lot more fans frustrated early in the year. Uh, it has tapered off as we have seen his performance improve. Uh, some people who are still frustrated kind of just haven't let go of their early season frustrations about Nolan Hickman. Uh, but I don't see any reason why he'd depart. He's not going to the NBA after this year. He's not there yet. He might not ever get there, but he's definitely not there right now. Uh, I don't think he's going to find a better opportunity via the transfer portal than to start at point guard for a very, very good, successful basketball program. I don't think that that opportunity is going to be awaiting him via the transfer portal. And right now the Zags don't have any other options on the roster to immediately step into a starting point guard position. So to me, this is clear. Nolan Hickman's a starting point guard in 2023-24. I don't think there's really much debate there, quite honestly. Uh, the other options on this, there's not really any other options on the roster uh, as I'm projecting it heading into the 23-24 season. All right, well, let's take a look at what Gonzaga's bench might look like next year, including some more newcomers who are joining the team and some more players who are potentially departing the team after this season, after a word from today's sponsor, FanDuel. The Super Bowl is here, and we are so excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that is even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. Maybe you like Gonzaga's odds to beat the spread at home against BYU on Saturday or maybe you like St. Mary's at Portland. Either way, bet comfortably on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So basketball fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, segment two, still any patents, still Locked on Zags. I want to thank all of you for making Locked on Zags your first listen of the day. For your second listen today, check out the Locked on College Basketball Podcast. It's everything you need to know about college hoops in one place, five times per week. You can hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. All right, continuing our look at Gonzaga's potential 2023-2024 roster. Again, our way too early projections for what that roster might look like. Uh, this isn't going to be settled until probably May, June, perhaps, maybe even later than that, as we've seen some late roster changes happen. Uh, so it's, good. it's something that's going to change significantly between now and then, but it's kind of fun to take an early look at what things might look like uh, in the next season. So we talked about the starting lineup, two new starters coming in, Hunter Salas stepping into a starting role, Anton Watson and Nolan Hickman returning. Coming off the bench, the sixth man, kind of not really a big change from the sixth man this season, and that is Ben Gregg. I think Ben Gregg is going to contend for a starting role. I think if Anton Watson leaves, Ben Gregg is probably the guy you pencil in as the starting power forward. But if Watson comes back, if he makes the decision to use his fifth year, come back, play a bigger role as a power forward, I think Ben stays on the bench. I think he plays more minutes. I think he maybe plays some more minutes at the center position alongside Watson. I think there's an opportunity for him to play an even bigger role than we've seen from him this year. But I do think if Watson returns, that Greg is probably still a guy coming off the bench. But his, his minutes are going to tick up even more. Another summer of hard work uh, in the weight room, uh, kind of just working on his game, his fundamentals, all that stuff should put him in a position to be a, a really big time contributor for the Zags next season. Seventh man uh, on this team and a guy who I think can also contend for a starting job, depending on uh, what shakes out in the guard rotation. And that's Dusty Stromer. 
Dusty Stormer, the biggest, the most high profile newcomer, I should say, uh, in the class of 2023, the Zags are bringing in a handful of new guys, uh, some of who we'll talk about here later in the show. But Dusty is a guy who I think is going to play big minutes as a freshman. Could be as a starter, could be as a high level backup guy. Uh, I think 15, 20, maybe even 22, 24, 25 minutes per game uh, could could be absolutely in the cards for Dusty. He's a, he's a big combo guard. He can play the two. He could play the three. I don't think you play him all the way up at the four. I also think in a pinch, he can moonlight as your backup point guard. This, this roster is kind of lacking a potential backup point guard for next season. I think there's a real opportunity for Dusty Stromer to kind of step into that role as necessary. If Hickman needs a break, if he, he's not, you know, he's not going to play 40 minutes every single game, obviously. So, so Dusty could be a guy who kind of plays that role for Gonzaga, plays the one, plays the two, plays the three. I think that leads to a situation where he's playing a lot of minutes every single night, even if he's not in the starting lineup, which, like I said, I think is also very much potentially in the cards for Dusty, depending on how this roster shakes out between now and November of 2023. Eighth man, final member of the actual rotation for the Gonzaga Bulldogs, Efton Reed. And I think Efton Reed could also start. However, I'm not, before I kind of thought the expectation is, okay, Efton's going to play a bench role in his first year in Spokane. He's going to be behind Drew Timmy. Drew's going to leave after the next year, and Efton's going to immediately step into the starting spot. I'm not quite sure we're there yet. And that doesn't mean that Efton's not ever going to be a starter at Gonzaga. It doesn't mean that Efton is, is a, a bust or anything like that. I just think he's not quite ready to jump from the role he has this year, which is pretty small, to a full-on starting role. It's clear that Ben Gregg is ahead of him on the depth chart. There's no shame in that. Ben Gregg is very, very good. Is playing some really good basketball right now. But I think that kind of makes it less likely that Efton jumps all the way into a starting role. He's more of a traditional center than Ben Gregg is. He plays around the rim. He's a back-to-the-basket scorer. He's not much of a rim protector yet, which is a skill that were he to develop more in that area, I think that would help solidify his case as a potential starter. But I see a situation more likely where if Drew Timmy does depart, the Zags add a transfer center. Hopefully they can get somebody who can come in and immediately be impactful, immediately step into the starting lineup, immediately contribute uh, the way that you know Dawes Amac would have done had he not had injuries at Texas Tech, uh, the way that Jonai Broom did from Moorhead State to Auburn. He's been a huge piece of what the Tigers have done uh, over in the SEC, like those kind of mid-major center. I mean, Brandon Clark is obviously a great example of this. He had to sit out a year, but transferred from San Jose State, came in and, and had a monstrous season for the Zags. So like, I think they're more likely to add that kind of player who can come in immediately, contribute right away, get a high usage role for the Bulldogs and have Reed just steadily increase his playing time instead of playing four or five minutes a game and not always playing every game. As we've seen from him lately, he's playing 12 to 15 minutes every single night. He's guaranteed to get minutes. He's on a rotation pattern. He's, he's contributing every single night. And then maybe the year after that, depending on how he looks uh, in his second season in Spokane, perhaps that's enough for him to then step into a bigger role uh, as a junior, or I guess as a senior, he would be uh, if in his fourth year, his third year in Spokane. The Zags only really play eight deep for the most part. Uh, so I kind of labeled, lumped everybody else together in the rest category. Uh, I think that there's some, obviously some opportunities for some more guys here to play. I think in this situation, and again, we'll talk about some of the players who are not being mentioned here in the third and final segment of the show. The Zags need to back a point guard. And one of the names that I kind of perusing through to potential transfer option for the Zags, uh, they've added a lot of low major 
high scoring point guards to be backup point guards in the past. Aaron Cook is a good example of that. Geno Crandall is a very good example of that. So we've seen that kind of addition for the Bulldogs historically. And one that really stands out to me that could fit that mold is Devontae Moffitt. Devontae Moffitt plays at the University of Idaho. He is from Spanaway, Washington, so he is a local kid. He is averaging 19 points a game for the Vandals. He is averaging five assists per game. Now, he's only shooting 29% from deep. However, as we have talked about with Gino, as we've talked about with Aaron Cook, as we've talked about, this is a slightly different example because he was a starter, but Ryan Woolridge in the past, like players come to Gonzaga and end up having a lot more efficiency, particularly as outside shooters. Part of the reason for that is that typically the players that Gonzaga is bringing in, in the case of Woolridge and Crandall and Cook, they're bringing in guys who were playing featured roles where they were in college previously. So their efficiency numbers are down because they have high usage rates. The opposing team's best perimeter defensive player is typically guarding them. They're often getting double teamed. Uh, It's a different role. If you're Devontae Moffat, you're at Idaho, you're the best player on the Vandals roster. Every team has given you the best they have. You come to Gonzaga, you're the ninth guy. You know, you're you're playing 10, 15 minutes off the bench, maybe, if that even. When you're on the floor, you're the third option, fourth option, hell, maybe fifth option, depending on who you're playing alongside. You're going to get a lot more open looks. I don't think Devontae Moffin, were he to transfer to Gonzaga or, frankly, any higher major program out of Idaho, I don't think he's going to shoot sub 30% from deep. I think you're going to see that number move up. Moffitt is just, he's more of an archetype. I mean, this specific player I think would be fantastic if Gonzaga were to able, able to add him, but a player like that, like what Gino was at North Dakota, you know, those kind of players I think would be a really nice fit for a Gonzaga team that is fairly depleted at point guard heading into next season. The rest of the lineup is going to look like guys that we're expecting to see towards the end of the bench for the Gonzaga Bulldogs next year. Alex Tui coming over from Australia, the NBA Global Academy. Tui's kind of got the same vibe as a Corey Kispert or Julian Strother as a six foot seven. A small forward, potentially small ball four. We were kind of expecting Strother to play more of that role this year, but we haven't really seen it in part because of the emergence of Anton Watson and Ben Gregg. And they've been playing more minutes at the power forward position than I think the Zags may have initially anticipated when they thought Strother would play more of that role. Regardless, Tui is a guy I don't expect to play a ton right away as a freshman. He might get some periodic minutes here or there, maybe minutes similar to what Dominic Harris or Julian Strother got as true pure freshmen when they only played four or five minutes per game and played in about half of Gonzaga's games, mostly in garbage time. I think that's more the role that we're going to see out of Tui uh, as a true freshman for the Bulldogs. And then on that same vein, Yunsuk Yo. Uh, the in the Korean the Korean player who joined the team this year uh, he's obviously not playing this year they announced as soon as he joined the roster hey he's not going to suit up this season but he's around the team he's on the bench he's learning he's growing he's developing uh, really talented young man another six foot eight forward plays the three he's a little bit older he's going to be twenty one uh, next he's going to be playing at the age of twenty one next season so maybe he gets a little bit more playing time because he's got a little bit of a leg up in terms of being around the team for an extra semester in terms of being a little bit older than Tui and Dusty for that matter, although I think Strummer is is more ironclad to actually be in the rotation next year. But I think Yo's probably not quite going to be a rotation player next season. Uh, but again, it depends on how some of the stuff shakes out. If Anton Watson does depart, Ben Gregg steps into the starting lineup, suddenly you have a little bit more need for a forward-type player to play a bigger role. It's going to probably come down to either Tui or Yo, uh, one of those guys stepping up into a bigger role. And then the last one here is Caden Perry. And I'm, I'm not really sure what to do with Caden Perry. I think there's a reasonable chance that he's not on Gonzaga's roster next season, but not because he is transferring, but more because his 
playing career might be over. And I don't know. I don't know the situation with Caden Perry. He's not played this year. It, there's mum silence from the staff on kind of what's going on with him. But I think the expectation is that he's hurt. The expectation is that he, yeah, I, I think there's a reasonable chance that he doesn't play anymore. And I don't see a clear path to playing time for him next year, even if he is healthy. I just, I think that there's other guys who have kind of passed him on. And, and so I, I think, I don't think he transfers. I think he either ends his college basketball playing career uh, or he stays on the bench again for Gonzaga next year with maybe the hopes of, of getting some playing time as the year goes on, or just being a guy who, who hangs out on the end of the bench and kind of lives that life. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily if you're Caden Perry. So that's, and then of course there's the walk-ons, you know, Colby Brooks, AB gold, Joe few. I don't expect anything to necessarily change that. You never know. It totally could. Uh, if any of those guys depart, I think Gonzaga will just add another walk on to the roster. So that's generally what I expect the the roster lineups to look like uh, at this stage, February 8th, as we're recording this, a long, long time between now and when the actual season is going to start. But uh, a, a kind of a first pass at what next year's roster might look like. Uh, six players coming in, which means six players are out the door. So the big question heading into the final segment here. Is this team better heading into next year if this is the changes that we see? All right, let's talk about what this roster is going to look like next season. We talked about the players, uh, the lineup. We talked about the starting lineup. We talked about the rotation. So let's just take an overall look at what this would mean. If this were what how things came together, this is what it would mean. Your losses, six players off the roster. You notice Drew Timmy wasn't there. Pretty obvious when we started with a different center at the starting spot. You notice that Julian Strother was not there. Again, pretty obvious, not starting at the small forward position. We kind of talked about his will he, won't he kind of situation that he's already in right now in terms of the NBA draft. Rasir Bolton, not there. Again, the most obvious one. He does not have any more eligibility. This is his final year of college basketball, period. Malachi Smith was not there. Malachi Smith can return. He can return. He does have eligibility. He does have one more year. I don't expect him to return. I think that he is ready to move on with his professional career. I think he's ready to start getting paid real money playing college basketball. I think his intention was always to, or playing professional basketball, I should say. I think his intention was always to come to Gonzaga for one year. But yes, he does have another year of eligibility. I was pretty staunchly uh, at staunchly stating that Rasir Bolton wouldn't come back for a second year, and he did. So it could happen with Malachi Smith. It is not my expectation, but it could happen. The other two players that were not on this roster, two players that I am projecting at this point to potentially transfer. I want to be clear, I do not have any inside information about this. This is just me making a prediction for what next year's roster is going to look like. Uh, that would be Dominic Harris and Braden Huff. Plenty of conversation about Dominic Harris and the lack of playing time for him this year. Uh, I'm not somebody who's necessarily banging the drum that he should be playing more. I know a lot of people are. I think that the minutes we have seen from him throughout his collegiate career so far have been pretty much extensively in garbage time against bad teams, backup guards, which just doesn't necessarily mean he's not good. That's not what I'm saying. Just, we just haven't gotten a chance to see him really display his skills against the caliber of opponent that would help me evaluate whether he's somebody who really should stick around in this program. But I can understand frustration on his part of wanting to leave and go somewhere else. And I think that there's a, a pretty good chance that that's what ends up happening after the season. Brayden Huff is more just, I think if he's looking at, at what Ben Gregg did this year at what Efton Reed, uh, kind of the role that is expected for him. If Anton Watson were to return, if that were a situation that came to fruition, uh, if Caden Perry was still around, I think Brayden Huff might look around and be like, I'm not sure when I'm going to play. 
in this program. And I, I maybe I'd rather go somewhere else. Maybe I go closer to home or go play at DePaul, something like that. Uh, again, don't have any inside information there. Just I, I look at the future for Braden Huff in a Gonzaga uniform, and I'm not sure I see a spot where he's a significant contributor. And if he believes uh, as a guy who was, you know, Mr. Illinois in the state of Chicago or in the state of Illinois, uh, who I could see him wanting to go somewhere where he's got a better opportunity to play. And again, I wouldn't necessarily blame him for that. So those are your losses. Timmy Strother, Bolton Smith, Harris, Huff. Six players out the door. Six additions in this situation. Uh, a transfer center. I mentioned Aziz Bandaogo as an option there, but a a mid-major center coming in, playing a big role, you know, as, as high as Brandon Clark, that would be the absolute upper echelon of perfection that Gonzaga could add in the transfer portal. Uh, transfer small forward to step into a starting lineup. I alluded to Spencer Jones at Stanford here, uh, a player who could kind of fill Julian Strother's role as a, a high-level scorer, a ideally a good rebounder and a good defensive wing as well. A transfer backup point guard more in the Geno Crandall realm. I mentioned Devontae Moffitt at Idaho as the potential option here. Again, the transfer portal is not open yet. None of these guys are in the transfer portal yet. Just kind of player archetypes that I think might fit what Mark Few would look for via the transfer portal. And then, of course, the other newcomers, Dusty Stromer, Alex Tui, uh, and Yo from Korea. So that would be your, your, your gains and your losses. I think the big question then is, does this make Gonzaga better? And I think the, the, the conversation has to start with the loss of Drew Timmy. Because losing a player like Drew Timmy, a 2,000-point scorer, the likely or at least very close going to be the all-time leading scorer in Gonzaga history, multiple-time All-American, contender for National Player of the Year. It's hard to make an argument that losing a player like Drew Timmy makes your team better. And I don't think that the immediate loss of Drew Timmy makes Gonzaga better. I don't know. How, I don't think it's reasonable to argue that really in any capacity, but it changes Gonzaga's offense very significantly. And if Mark Few makes those adjustments, if they change things, if they add different pieces that give them a different element offensively, the unit could be better, if that makes sense. The loss of Drew Timmy doesn't make Gonzaga better, but the loss of Drew Timmy makes Gonzaga different. And if they put the right pieces around the team that they have, they could be better. An example of this on a smaller scale is LMU. LMU lost Eli Scott. Eli Scott was one of the best players in LMU history, four-year starter for them, really, really talented guy. But he kind of clogged up their offense. They ran everything through him. They had him in the mid post. They kind of just did all of their actions off of him. He left last year after, I believe, exhausting his eligibility. And, and LMU is a better team. They're not better because Eli Scott is not there. They're better because they they did things differently. They were they funneled the offense more through Cam Shelton. They funneled the offense a little bit more through Kelly Liu Pepe and his outside shooting. And it has created a better offensive rhythm for them. I think people who are listening to the show who've watched Gonzaga a lot this year could reasonably understand how Gonzaga sans Drew Timmy could have a better offensive rhythm. They've still got to put the right pieces together. They got to replace Timmy capably with somebody. There's a, still a lot of things that need to go into that, but I think it's possible. Losing Drew Timmy, Julian Strother, and Rasir Bolton would be tough though. Strother and Bolton obviously have had their inconsistencies this year. It has been well, well documented uh, in many different places, including here on the Locked On Zags podcast. But again, not easy players to replace necessarily, but if you find the right pieces, you find guys who kind of fit that mold a little bit. I think if Hunter Salas steps into a bigger role, um, he's not he's certainly not as, as good of an offensive player as Rasir Bolton, but he is a better defensive player. He is a high-level athlete. You probably lose a little bit of the outside shooting, but I think Salas could develop offensively to the point where he's 
getting to the rim. He's making backdoor cuts. He's, you know, he's scoring that way. And I think he, he can at least knock down open threes, maybe not at 46% the way that Rasir Bolton did last year. But I do think that there's an opportunity for the Zags to be better with Hunter Salas playing a, a more featured role than Rasir Bolton in some ways, how they replace the small forward position, whether it's Dusty Strummer taking a big role, whether they get a transfer kind of helps answer that question. Strother's a great rebounder. So that's a, that's a loss that you, that you kind of have to endure in the front court as well. And then kind of the, the back of the bench guys, uh, Dusty Stromer is a fantastic addition. Is he going to be as good as Malachi Smith in year one? Not, not sure necessarily. Not sure. I'm super confident about that, but uh, I'd, I, I'm happy to have a young guy who's, who's a high level scorer, really, really energy, energy guy. We'll see what he brings on the defensive end of the floor. Although I'm not sure Malachi Smith is an elite defensive player either. So that's kind of an interesting element of this as well. Alex Tui is a guy I'm very excited to see kind of what he can bring. Same with yo. Those two guys are our big hinges here in terms of how much, how ready are they to contribute in their first season in Spokane? My guess is not much, but if you're kind of having them be your quote unquote replacements uh, for Dominic Harris and Braden Huff, Braden Huff hasn't played a single minute of basketball this season for the Zags. He's uh, clearly redshirting and Dominic Harris has played very, very little primarily in garbage time for the Bulldogs. So I think you don't need a lot from those two freshmen and their, their higher ranked guards guys. They're, they're guys who, you know, Harris was a highly ranked prospect coming in, but he's a junior now. So I'd rather kind of have that roster spot. If Dom does choose to move on, if he wants to stay great, happy to have him back around the Zags need a backup point guard, no problems there. But if he does move on, I think having a, a young freshman like Tui, like Yo, kind of filling that spot uh, is, is a good thing for Gonzaga in terms of their continued growth and development and, and looking towards the future. All right, that's going to do it for today. We're going to have a lot more conversations like this. We're going to th- see things change significantly when we get more updates on what you know what these guys are thinking about doing. Not until April necessarily. We got a long ways until we get there. But I thought it'd be fun to kind of take a first pass at what the 2023-24 roster would look like. Would love to hear your thoughts, your opinions, your questions, your comments, etc. Uh, leave them here on the YouTube video. Go hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so yet. Leave a review on iTunes and also check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Seriously, myself, Isaac Shade. It's a fantastic show. We're having so much fun with it talking all things college basketball as we get closer and closer to march madness all right thank you all for listening and go zags